Hello ninjas and ninjas, and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a UK marketing agency. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. And in this episode, I'm joined by Louise Doherty of PlanSnap. Now, Louise is here because she's going to firstly talk about PlanSnap, but also she's going to take us behind the scenes of one of the uh, one of the influencer marketing campaigns that they ran. Now, the success of this influencer campaign was ridiculous. Uh, they basically ended up working with 300 of the UK's top fashion influencers, having them tweet out, blog about, Instagram, ASOS, because of this particular strategy that they did. Now, if you're thinking, well, we could never work with that number of influencers because we're not ASOS, it's completely fine, trust me. The strategy that they used is so scalable. So you could do this whether you're working with one influencer, whether you want to work with five or 10 or whatever. And in fact, Louise actually doesn't recommend that you start with 300. So it's a really cool strategy. You'll find out how they combined uh, online with offline. And then she also talks us through PlanSnap, which is her new startup, and how they plan on marketing and growing that one. So I hope you find the episode useful, whether you're already working with influencers or whether it's something on your marketing to-do list. And don't forget to head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast for the show notes. Louise, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hi, Tim. It's good to be here. (laughs) Amazing. Cool. Um, So perhaps for listeners who haven't come across you guys or PlanSnap yet, perhaps you could just give us a quick introduction into who you are and what PlanSnap is all about. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Louise. I'm the founder and CEO of PlanSnap, which is an app that gets your friends together. My first, or rewind a couple of years, uh, and I was doing strategic marketing for the BBC, ASOS, Yosushi, specializing in either content-led or influencer-led, which arguably are increasingly the same thing. I realized that in my personal life, all I was doing was sports and kind of like fun adventures with friends. So I was doing, you know, CrossFit, yoga, triathlons, that's running, swimming, cycling, and just constantly organizing all these different things on top of, you know, new restaurants, pop-up things. And there was one thing that made me snap, which was I organized a 30-person campboarding and wakeboarding, sorry, camping and wakeboarding trip to the New Forest. And I nearly divorced all my friends. I used, <laughs> uh, I used Facebook events, Google spreadsheets, doodle polls, WhatsApp groups, email, hassling people in person. And... Yeah, the, like the the trip was amazing, but it was because I had put in so much effort, which nobody could really see and nobody appreciates. And what I realized throughout doing that was, why is there nothing out there that makes that faster? That's, you know, getting friends together is really important. It happens every day around the world, but yet nobody's cracked it. And then I realized, you know, I specialize in building digital products for brands which have a community around them. And hang on a minute, if nobody else is going to do it, well, maybe I should just crack on. So that's what I did. Love it. So this came about also from some of your work that you did previously, particularly with ASOS, right, where you um, set up something called Access All ASOS, you're involved with the setup of Access All ASOS, which is influencer marketing. Yeah, that's right. So ASOS came to uh, us and said, we know that there are hundreds of influencers, thousands of influencers out there. We're starting to understand, you know, how important they are to, you know, both the brand and driving sales. And we as a team internally can't um, manage them at scale. 
so how do we manage influencers at scale was the question and we sat there and thought okay well you know what what is everyone trying to get out of the situation and for asos obviously it's minimal internal work with maximum roi but for the influencers it's the chance to be you know recognized rewarded up close and to also grow their own personal followings so thinking about everyone's motivations at the start was how we eventually came up with Access All ASOS. So it's a, an influence program where we took a thousand of the top fashion bloggers and influencers and we invited them to apply to this, this program, Access All ASOS. And um, so they had a little application form, they had to tell us about themselves. Um, you know, we had links to everyone's different social media profiles and their blog. And we, as a team of, I think, five at the time, reviewed everybody's submissions. So looking through probably 10 blog posts and 50 tweets and Pinterest posts from every single influencer to really get a picture of what the person who would both be influential, relevant and aspirational for the ASOS audience. So it was uh, reach, relevance and resonance that we were looking for in the influencers for ASOS to work with. So we took the the top 300 and we thought, okay, well, how can we make maximum impact for actually inviting them into the program? And so I still think this is probably one of the best things I've ever done in my career, obviously up until the point of plan start. (laughs) Had I known how much work it was going to be, I'm not sure we would have suggested it. So what we decided to do was take all of the information that we'd found out about the different influencers that we wanted to invite to work with ASOS. And we looked at all of the products available on ASOS and we said, we're going to send every single ASOS insider a welcome package that is like branded with like amazing kind of ASOS ribbons and stickers and stuff that had beautiful tissue paper inside and then a handwritten note, (laughs) which referenced really personal things to them. And then three gifts that were again, personal to them. So for example, it was things like, you know, here's a pair of pug socks because we see that your French puppy loves running in the park or something like that. That sounds really creepy, but it was, it was lovely stuff. It was, you know, we're not just sending these things to anyone. We're saying, we see you, we think you're great. And here's something that's really personal, like almost like a friend sending you a yeah. thoughtful gift. And so we packaged up 300 of these personalized gifts and handwritten notes and uh, they all got sent off on the same day. And it was so exciting seeing Instagram just explode with all these incredible responses to what we'd done. So, you know, people taking pictures of the note and the box and the gifts and then them wearing them. And it, they ended up into sort of like five or six pieces of coverage across social media and blog posts each per influencer. Wow. And that was just the invite. Wow. <laughs> then what happened after that was that we set up a platform where ASOS could issue kind of tasks or like fun challenges to the insiders and they could then apply to do them. So it might be, um, we've got a new swimwear range, who wants to review it? Or it was a series of like masterclasses. So for, for example, things like selfie school. So we invited, I think it was 30 influencers down to learn from a mobile photographer who would teach them how to use um, specialist apps to get like the perfect selfie lighting, uh, that kind of stuff. And they got to walk down the ASOS catwalk and that kind of thing. And they also had a separate Twitter profile that was locked and it was only available to ASOS insiders. So there was a real feeling of, you've been picked because we think you're awesome. You're going to get these specialist privileges that other people are not going to, but you're also really going to see and understand the business and how it works. And we want to bring you closer to us. But yet at the same time, from ASOS's perspective, they said, we've got these strategic marketing priorities coming up, the new swimwear range or 
you know, a, a need for photography for an upcoming campaign that's user generated. And they then had this platform that they could put those requests out and then have them um, then fulfilled. So it really worked on both sides. And the overall result was that the people who were in the program, so remember they're of the 1,000 top fashion bloggers in the UK, they're the top 300. They were talking about ASOS uh, 45% more than before the program. So it was a real success. It was a six-month pilot, and now it's rolled out globally. That's awesome. And so we're talking about the top 300 most influential fashion bloggers and influencers in the UK. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So, you know, normally to get access to people like that, you'd typically be having to pay some kind of sponsored content thing or, you know, it's, it's going to be, I'm not saying it wasn't a huge amount of work, but it sounds like you're able to do this at scale without any of the payment or hassling or chasing or any of that because you you kind of won on personalization. Yeah, I think it was the the matched value exchange. So what ASOS was prepared to offer that was non-monetary was valuable enough to the people who were targeted that everyone felt comfortable and excited. And that's why I think it was successful. As you say, there there was definitely a cost involved in that. You know, it was not a, a cheap program to run, but it uh, in the context of, you know, do you spend that amount on working with three hundred Instagrammers or influencers once, or do you spend it building a platform that means you can continue to work with large scale influencers over time? And it was the the latter. Exactly, and get your content paid for as well. <laughs> so it's really interesting that you worked on taking people offline and doing these kind of in-person experiences. I think that the, or certainly when we're talking to clients and and they're talking about influencers, a lot of the desire is to keep everything online, to keep it nice and and simple, you know, hiding everything behind email. Why do you think that offline was such an important component? And I guess that that then influenced a little bit PlanSnap and and where you ended up going with that. I guess behind both Access or ASOS and PlanSnap, is my belief that, um, yes, the internet is great. Uh, it does so many things much faster uh, and allows you to do incredible things by connecting people in different ways. But it will never be a substitute for real human connection. So there are um, influencers in the fashion world that I, I met throughout those uh, ASOS events that I still speak to now, even though I have nothing to do with fashion, nothing to do with ASOS, and I'm probably one of the most unfashionable girls out there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just it's human connection. It's meeting people, understanding who they are and what they're interested in. And, you know, you support each other over time. Yeah, I just think that the, the influencer marketing is definitely not a kind of spray and pray, digital-only approach. I think that you get out what you put in. And if that is developing real relationships in the real world, then you'll see the benefits of that for sure. Super interesting. And I guess that's that's the lesson that anyone who's listening, even if you're a, well, if you're an e-commerce business, you're certainly going to be smaller than ASOS. But looking at how rather than influencers being this really intimidating big block of people that it's very difficult to get access to, actually, if you take a personalized approach, then you can get some really good access and, and don't be afraid to take people offline. How do you find a balance between, I don't know how to ask it, but not being creepy by going too much into their personal lives versus sending them something that's personal? <laughs> that's a good question in general, but I think for ASOS it was fairly easy because these were things that people had publicly said. So, um, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a creepy kind of like stalking, finding snippets of things that, 
we had to connect the dots. It was, you know, you wrote this amazing post about, you know, like French style, for example, and we love that. And therefore, you know, here's a French themed badge for your bag or something like that. It was taking what they'd already said and then saying, here's something that's relevant to that. But I definitely think you could potentially get creepy in other contexts. But for fashion bloggers, you know, there's so many of them out there. I think it was quite appealing to know that somebody like ASOS was paying that much attention, that they really knew them and understood them. And do you think that this is something that smaller businesses could do or does it only work because it's ASOS and because there's a huge amount of credibility there? Again, I think being ASOS definitely helps, but I don't think it's something that smaller businesses can't do. I think it all depends on the genuineness of your approach. So if you, you know, respect someone as a human, you're not asking too much from them up front, you're understanding what it is that they might be interested in, not what have you got to sell, but what have what have you got that you can offer them. And finding that common ground very, very early on, I think that's where actually smaller businesses can outmaneuver larger businesses because not everyone has influencer programs like that set up. And actually some of the bigger uh, brands probably struggle to work with influencers at scale. But, you know, small businesses can spend that, you know, that time and care getting a personal connection with the people who are really important to their brand. For sure. And you don't need to start by reaching out to 300, right? (laughs) Definitely wouldn't advise it. And I definitely wouldn't advise trying to send all of those personalized gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Sleep for a while. <laughs> Let's talk about the transition to PlanSnap then. So, at the time of recording this, PlanSnap is not yet launched, but by the time people are listening, PlanSnap is launched. So, who is PlanSnap for? Like, who's your perfect target customer? So, like, we think that we can help anyone if they are connecting with their friends in real life. At the minute, most people in the UK, at least, will probably use like WhatsApp groups or Facebook Messenger to try and get friends together. Maybe if it's particularly difficult, you might use a doodle poll to get someone uh, to you know commit to a date. But we want to say that we think that PlanSnap will help you get your friends together really quickly because it's one platform to manage all of your plans. Your friends don't have to have the app; they can get a text message and then you know put their RSVP on there. And basically, I just cannot deal with any more WhatsApp group notification. (laughs) That is what we're going after. (laughs) Hey guys, Tim here. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the updated version of our best-selling SEO book, How to Get to the Top of Google. This sort of influencer marketing strategy is fantastic for picking up links to your website. And that's one of the things that we cover in the updated version of How to Get to the Top of Google, which is Europe's best-selling SEO book. You can buy it from Amazon on Kindle or paperback, or you can get it from Audible. That's how to get to the top of Google. So far, feedback about the new edition has been amazing. So if you've read it and you love it, then tweet us at Exposure Ninja. I love it. This is so necessary as well. A bunch of my mates get up to play, uh, they meet up to play five-a-side football and you're going to cry when you hear how, how they arrange this. So there's like an old Facebook post from 2014 or something. And then they just have this like, tier of comments so when they want to meet up next monday someone will just add to this super old post and try and tag all their mates and then they all say yes or no and then hardly anyone turns up so this sounds like a much better solution you use a facebook post from 2014 (laughs) (laughs) that's that's one of my favorite examples yeah I mean, how clear is there of a, a kind of signal that this needs to exist? So what's the monetization plan with PlanSnap? The app is free for users when you download it, but the way we make money is by working with consumer brands. 
So we work with AB InBev, who is the owner of Budweiser, and they're interested in bringing people together in real life because obviously their products uh, are more likely to be sold when, when people are together. But it's not just they recommend, you know, go to the pub with your friends. They might want to also recommend going to the cinema where beer might also be sold. Or they might say there's a festival coming up that they think that you might be interested in. And for brands these days where millennials are kind of prioritizing experiences over things and the leisure industry is growing really, really quickly, you know, even though brands know that they have to be connecting with people on lifestyle occasions, not just like sell, sell, sell marketing, there isn't a platform for them to do that. So that's what platform, that's what PlanSnap is to those brands. It's a platform to be able to list the things that they're recommending, hosting and sponsoring. And when they send those links out on social media, email, you know, website, it means that anyone who clicks on it can make their plan happen really quickly. Super cool. So I'm guessing that the, you're basically giving the brands access to like hyper micro influencers, the, the planner in the group. You're influencing the planner's decision on what to plan for their friends. Is that approximately where this is going? Yeah, absolutely. The people who know how difficult planning is are the planners of the group. They're the ones who are super influential because they decide which restaurant you go to because they're the ones that bother to call to book the table. So, you know, if you can speak to the planner of the group, you can actually influence far more than one person. Love it, love it. So this feels like one of those products where there's, I guess, a, well, I suppose not, not too much of a network effect because you don't have to be in the app in order to, for your friend to, to plan you basically with it. But it feels like something that could be quite difficult to get started. And then once it's going, it's going to pick up a lot of momentum. So how do you guys plan to, to start bringing on users once it's launched? Yeah, so the way that we design PlanSnap is by looking at every single person who'd ever tried to connect people in real life and looking at what they'd done wrong. And as you say, requiring someone to download another app, that's one of the major areas where this has failed before. And so that's why we took the approach of saying, you don't have to download the app, you can do it via the web invite. So for us, yes, when we acquire users, we're acquiring more than one user because if if they make a plan, on average, they're inviting five people per plan. So we do have the potential for that kind of exponential viral growth. But we picked PlanSnap to be, as we would describe it, single player. So it, rather than um, you know, going on and having you know, who are your friends within the app or following brands or other people or anything like that, it's not. It's utility. It's a tool. It's you saying, I'm finding it difficult to get these friends together. And PlanSnap is the tool that's going to answer that. So every time you go to it, it's because you know exactly what that need is. Our launch plans are uh, mainly revolving around uh, kind of organic growth to start with because you only get one chance to launch and do that launch properly. And so we have an incredible video, which is about how difficult it is to make plans. Everyone who watches it just says, oh yeah, that person is that friend of mine. That person is that friend of mine and the problem. Um, so that we've, uh, it's definitely a content-led approach. And then we have a big uh, consumer PR campaign, which targets you know, the, our, our audience who we think tend to skew female because women tend to anecdotally do more of the legwork of social planning in groups than men do, or at least they plan very, very differently from our, in our experience. And then the next phase after that will be drawing on some of the experiences from ASOS and doing a, an influencer superfan program. Influencer superfan program, that sounds awesome. So what's that going to be? Can you, uh, can you lift the lid on any 
gorgeous details of that. That sounds fun. Um, only that for a select few who have been involved in our journey up until now, we have started to kind of unveil some of the details of that, but it will definitely be opened up more widely. So to people who think that they are experts in new restaurant openings or, you know, particular areas of fitness or film buffs or, you know, people who are going to gigs all the times, you've got all of that knowledge. But yeah, at the minute, there's nowhere to be the first to know about those things. Plansat can be that place. And also there's nowhere to get credit for any of that knowledge. And I guess that's where we would like to head in the future is that giving the people who make the plans and the people who know which plans are cool to make the, the reward and the credit for doing those, doing that great work of bringing people together in real life. Very cool. This feels like an entire layer that you can insert in people's social lives, which hasn't existed before and could simplify lots of stuff. But at the same time, the monetization and influence opportunities are so big because this is an entire platform, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Like, you know, it all started because I was frustrated about getting friends together. But the more that, you know, I've thought about it and the more we've spoken to people and the, and the bigger our ambition gets, you know, there is no global go-to platform to get friends together. We want you to be able to make any plan starting on any platform. So that could be turning around and saying, hey, Alexa, who's around for brunch this weekend? And to be that layer that sits across all of your communication that says, you know, it's these people, it's this place, it's this activity. Have you thought about this? You know, this person wants to do that too. We want to be, as you say, the planning layer that sits across the internet. Doesn't sound very sexy, but that I think it will be very, very useful. <laughs> I think for the uh, the type of people that are the planners, they're thinking, oh my God, this sounds amazing. And then for me, who is definitely an organizee, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, as long as I get the text message, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I think definitely we, we cater to both ends of the planning spectrum. But in my experience, everyone is a planner for something. I've got a friend who she steadfastly refuses to organize any social plan. If anyone <laughs> wants to see her, they have to come to her house. But there is one time a year that she becomes a planner and that is the NFL season. And she buys eight tickets for four games. And then she spends six months fretting about who she's going to invite. Um, <laughs> and then the last final frantic two weeks, either selling tickets or inviting like people she sort of doesn't know too well or guilt tripping people into, into coming with her for those things. Everyone is a planner for something because everyone cares about some kind of interest or people or place. And that's why I think that PlanSnap is something that everyone should firstly download. And secondly, you know, like will really make a difference to how they can get friends together. Awesome. So when, where can people check out PlanSnap and also follow you? We are in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. So you can download it from those two places. If you want more information, the website is plansnap.com. And we are at PlanSnap on most social media. And personally, I am at Louise Doherty. Louise, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and uh, telling us a bit about PlanSnap. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. If you need some help with your digital marketing, then I have something for you. Uh, my business, Exposure Ninja, we work with clients all around the world, improving their website visibility, improving traffic, and improving sales for them. And one of the things that we do is called a free website and marketing review. Now, this is not like some of the free website and marketing reviews that you might have seen online where you type in your website address and it gives you this automated report which shows you a bunch of red crosses and green ticks, just stuff that software picks up. 
No, this review is very different. We'll spend 20 minutes analyzing your website, your digital marketing, and your competitors on a video. We'll actually show you on the screen some changes to make to your website to increase the conversion rate. And we'll also talk through the top traffic channels that your competitors are using and what you could learn from their marketing and apply to yours to improve your results. Now, if you want this website and marketing review, it's completely free of charge. There's no obligation to use our services. All you need to do is head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review.